Hey everybody, thank you for tuning into the Sandwich Shop Podcast, formerly known as Aberration Alley. We're currently on hiatus until further notice, but we still feel like the conversations we've already had are timeless. So we hope you enjoy the episode. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Aberration Alley Hip Hop Podcast for business and news. We are here with a brand new season. We've been gone for a minute and a lot of crazy stuff has been going on. But we're going to cover all of it throughout the season uh, with a few different guests. The first guest we got here is an amazing guy. Um, we're going to introduce him shortly. Right now, we want to pay our respects to MF Doom, who um, whose news of passing away was released on New Year's Eve, unfortunately. Passed away back in October. He's a legend, a lot of people's top 10. And we felt it was only right to acknowledge it because it's a, such a huge moment in hip-hop. Jay, do you want to say anything about Doom? Um. You know, I would I would be lying if I said I was like a big fan of him, you know, mm-hmm. prior to his un, untimely passing. But, you know, anybody who's well acquainted or even partially acquainted with hip hop will have heard of MF Doom. So I know of his influence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, naturally, after, you know, what happened to him happened, I got into his music and I definitely see he, he lives up to, obviously, and passes, surpasses every single, like, accolade that they gave him. So definitely lost to a real one, a pioneer, a legend in the genre. Yes, sir. And um, unfortunately, I I was, I was, I was super, I'm a huge Doom fan, but um, he never really influenced my writing or anything like that. But what he did influence was my production side, that boom bap style, the way he sampled, the way he used um, audio montages. I love all of that. And that's why I get a lot of my production style. Yeah, I'm on R.I.P. Yes, sir. And I'm Antonio Alicea. You can find me at my name is Huda on Twitter and Instagram. We also have Jay Fortuna. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. You already know Jay Fortuna. Um, Jay Fortuna. Yeah, at Jay Fortuna on Twitter, IG, um, Facebook, um, SoundCloud. Um, every, you know, you already know. You guys know me already. Yeah, yeah you know the <laughs> ritual by now. And according to Complex yeah. Magazine, he's known as the face of two new fusion subgenres known as Grime Hall and Trap Hall, with his most recent music videos having amassed nearly 200,000 views over the course of about six months. Please welcome to the podcast touring artist, Mr. Royale, Fire Royale. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Yeah, bang, bang. I'm on the Fire Royale, is me? With Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah. Feels good to be on this platform. I'm excited to have this conversation. Let's let's go. Yes, yes sir. sir. Good to have you. you want to give people your social media? Oh yeah. Um, you can find me everywhere, literally everywhere, except Pornhub at Fire Royal. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I've actually exactly. considered releasing my music videos on Pornhub for the front of it. Give me. I mean, like, it's a good idea. I've been thought about it, but I'm like, mm. that's hilarious. Might bro. hurt the brand. You a give me. Bit. <laughs> so yeah, it's F Y A H R O I A L L. So it's fire. F Y A H space R O I A L L. And yeah, that's it. You can find me everywhere on on Twitter. It's real fire royal, and on Instagram it's fire underscore royal. All right. Well, to start off the podcast, we wanted to have a fun little question. We told you guys we wanted you to get to know us better, so we decided to each pick our favorite song from the year that we were born, 1998. I decided to go with uh, "Beware" by Big Pun. Are you guys familiar with it? A little bit. Beware. Big pun. Big pun died when I was like 
six. I, I missed that whole thing. So I never really got into his music, but it's definitely an OG. Well, it's a super dope track. It's one of my favorites. It's the second one on the album. The context of it, the reason I love it so much is because it comes right after the intro of like from a movie where they were talking about how the Punisher, obviously he's named after the Punisher from Marvel Comics, a big pun. Um, mm -hmm. And he's like, is the best one. You take out all your favorite superheroes, all that. And then it comes in with this crazy like screeching sound in the beat. And all of a sudden a mob deep sample comes in and you like it echoes out and Pong just comes in and murders it. Big Pun is definitely one of those guys, bro. Like, mm. you know, you got people who when they rap, you can tell like, okay, you feel me? They rap and you feel yeah. me? This was really one of their, okay, let me show you guys like a rap type songs. But then you got exactly. people like, like Big Pun, like Kendrick, like you feel me? Like that tier. Those people like yeah. rap and it's effortless. Like it doesn't seem like they ever struggled to write any of that magnificent stuff at all. They different. Yeah, it's seamless. It's really smooth and it's it's it, you kind of lose yourself in the rhyme patterns. It's smooth and, and complex too. Exactly. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> Oldish. <laughs> I was born in '96, so you feel me? I had to go with Jigga that nigga Jay Z, and yes, I sir. chose. The evils from um, Reasonable Doubt. First of all, Jay Z, I've always admired just how cool and calm like his persona as he raps is, and that that song just shows it because it's like even though he's rapping about some pretty kind of gruesome stuff, mm -hmm. like the man just has a matter of fact attitude that just is so cool to me. Um, and you know, man, you feel me? They don't really they don't really put Jay Z in the tier of like top storytelling rappers, but that song I got pretty up there for me because he does a lot of pretty cool things with drawing illusions from him growing up and then becoming enemies with some of the friends he used to grow up with so yeah. fire song all around all right so my turn yeah yes, yes sir first of all y'all are mad young <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with the chronic ah hmm. uh, okay okay the song called Ain't nothing but a G thing with yes, Dr. Sir. Dre and Snoop Dogg. That's in 1992. Mm. Classic, classic. And what's the reason? What made you pick that song specifically? The essence, man. You can't capture that essence ever again. Like, ever. So it's kind of seems yeah. like a period piece to you? Yeah. And when that beat comes on and the samples come in and the... There's no recreating that. I don't think even Dre can do that again. Yeah, it's probably just, can. That's true. It was just fucking a magnificent piece of work. And then in comes Snoop Dogg. Like, one, two, three, into the fuck. Snoop Dogg, Dogg, Dogg. The Dre is at the <laughs> Yeah, just like easy. I think it's flawless. And yeah. for me, for me, music is about like essence rather than sound alone yeah yeah it's about sound but it's also about essence like what am i feeling what's the accent of this what's the you get me yeah of course man so, preaching. he preaching you get me so it was about there that for me there's no recreating that you get me yeah that's super dope i love that yeah, it goes back to what we said, because the way you talk about Snoop Dogg coming in, you know, that effortlessness, I think that's something that amazed all three of us in our choices of just it seeming like it wasn't anything difficult for them. Like they were, this is what they do. So. Mm -hmm. 
the reason Fire Royale is here is because he just dropped his debut album, an incredible piece of work called Underrated. And man, I've got to give you props for it. your rhyme schemes. Insane. Yeah. That's yeah, that's probably the highlight of the album for me. Um, and the the production also really shines the way that boom the boom babish drums kind of hit those heavy drums fused with the the grime and uh, um the um the dance hall that you're you know you're known for at this point. So I wanted to ask what elements from grime and dance hall specifically do you look for in fusing? What did you decide to put together? All right, so can variate, but for the most part, the hi-hats and the synths are always from grime. Mm -hmm. The bass is always from hip hop and everything in the middle is dance hall. Got it. So the melodies and counter melodies and such? Yeah. Got it. And then like the rhyme schemes and like all the vocals and shit, that's just me. Yeah. And like my you feel like, like doing in the moment. Yeah, basically. But as it relates to the sounds and, and, and the and the productions, I love the I love the bass lines and everything well done that's hip hop. Mm-hmm. And there's no going around a well done 808. Yeah. Ever. And for grime, there's something about the synths and the hi hats, the yeah that kind of shit they use specific ones and the bpm they never go over 140 and they never go under 90 so it's either like 100 135 140 and the golden bpm is 140 yeah and do you think for grime yeah as a result of like the jamaican influence the island influence in the uk yeah definitely Definitely. I found a way to blend all the best elements of everything that yeah. that I like. And you know, I'm basically creating a genre. Super dope. And it's like to have these major um, these major publications credit you for it must be incredibly, like it must be an incredible uh, sense of validation. Am I right in that? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's nice. It's nice. The validation, what may I look for though? The validation that I'm waiting for is like I want to see I want to see other people do it now I want to see other people make attempts at it you get me that's how you know you really started something you get me that's how I know I started something I feel like you did it at like the perfect time because dance hall has already has been taken off for the past few years and it's reached like the global level uh, for it's been there for quite a while and it's had its huge even bigger spurts from artists like Drake and things like that um, and even wider recognition because of those artists picking it up but I still feel like we're, we've yet to see that that um, that huge explosion that we saw hip-hop have and I'm waiting on it I know it's coming and I'm waiting on it do you agree that it's you know that it's gonna happen pretty soon or that we haven't even seen it yet it's gonna happen when I blow up. <laughs> You're gonna be the flagship, essentially. Yeah, like that ass. It's gonna happen when I blow up, cause like, I mean, I look around, I look around, and I pay attention, mm-hmm. and I see common threads that lead to problems and issues that keep the things stagnant. You feel me? 
Mm. And what do you think some of those issues And are? those things don't exist in me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a lack of discipline. It's a lack of discipline. It's insecurity. And when that insecurity is, is finally fed or made to like be suppressed, then it gets replaced with arrogance and that arrogance throws them off balance. They don't see the vision anymore. They can't see past. Past themselves. Yeah, yeah get me. And then it becomes a problem. You then, you then make a fucking genre that is stuck in one place. You don't really want that, you get me? We need yeah. more people. We need more people that are disciplined and understand the art, understand the craft, and are serious about it, and have like actual goals. Yeah. So you, you not... feel like people are content on a local level instead of trying to expand. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. Like a lot of them are cool with just being like, "Yeah, I'm hot in Jamaica. I'm nice. I got yeah. a Benz now." <laughs> I'm nice. I got this painting. She looks good. She got like 20,000 followers on Instagram. I'm nice. Right. B- bullshit. Can I curse? I'm sorry. Yes, of course. Nah, you're, yeah, good. You're, good. you're good. You're yeah, good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bullshit. Like, I'm here, like, bro, I'm trying to make fucking labels. I'm trying to make legacies. I'm trying to, like, start radio stations i'm trying to start dynasties dynasties i'm trying to open doors and trying to like help people up i'm not i'm like i'm barely anybody yet Mm -hmm. and i'm already producing niggas yeah you feel me that sounds like when you say you're producing people does that mean that you got a major placement right now because that's what it sounds like i'm functioning as if yeah. You get me? I got a label right now. Shout out Easy Star. They're a New York based label. That's dope. You get me? However, me producing other people is just me seeing people that I believe in. I'm like, okay, you can push the culture further. Okay, like you're thinking beyond what the typical artist is thinking. I want to get you in the studio. I want to get you in the booth or I want you to hop on a song with me or I want to plug you into someone that I think can help. You get me? Yeah, of course. That, I, think, I think that's what's needed. We need, we need, we need to widen the vision, broaden the, the, the scope a little bit more and try to see further. Mm-hmm. You get me? It's like when I was in Australia, they were telling me things like, bro, do you have any idea that you're the first Jamaican to tour here? Wow. <laughs> I've been to places where they've never, I've been to places where they've never been another Jamaican before. Mm-hmm. And it's not like- Yeah, that ass. That's and, what the heck? Isn't it? And it's not like a lot of them aren't big. A lot of these artists are bigger than me that haven't been there, but they're not thinking about it. Yeah, it's not a market to them. It's not a market to them. 
Yeah. Huge. So that's how does it feel to be able to be one of the first people in a whole nother country um, pushing the genre forward with it? Yeah. How does like what does that do to your mental state as an artist to be able to tour out there and people that have never really been exposed to this music being like we love you? It's humbling. It's humbling. It makes me it makes me want to get quiet with myself and try to like remember what got me there in the first place. Yeah. Cause I think when we forget, that's when the, the bullshit starts to hit the fan. Uh-huh. When you forget, it's like, oh, I got this rollie now. I'm the shit. But you forgot what got you the rollie. So you lose the thing that got you the thing that you're so hyped about. Right. You understand? Yeah. Like you get me it's like you, oh, from. you get me, you forget where you came from. So you lose the thing, you lose the drive that got you where you are. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Mm. You get me. So it's very, yeah, it's Man, super humbling. And not even super Sunday, we get in the sermon. That's beautiful. <laughs> right. So no, you talked a lot about um, you know artists being arrogant and kind of thinking that they're all that and being content with being local. We have a similar thing that's been discussed recently in hip hop in the DMV area, where people are saying that in the DMV a lot more people are. Um, a lot more arrogant like you said a lot more stuck up and a lot less willing to work with people because once they reach a certain level like a couple thousand followers they're good they're better than you they can pay charge tax for a feature etc etc or not even talk to you because you're not good enough so in their eyes so i wanted to ask um there's this from what i understand outside looking in there's a sense of community in in dance hall where that it doesn't exist in hip hop and in grime, what seems like, is that accurate? Or is it the same thing where everybody's trying to fight for the, uh, the same spot? There's a sense of community as it relates to clicks. Mm. I'm like, oh, you don't homie because you homies with my homie. Or I'm good with you because you're good with a nigga that I'm good with. Yeah. type vibes it's like sections who do you know who who fucks with you right. who you fuck with you get me type vibes and then there's there's that everyone's loyal to their set Got it. type vibes and then there's everyone else in the middle that network back and forth between all of them so there's that uh, yeah, I think it's pretty accurate. There's a sense of um, community, but it's kind of like high school. You gotta, you, you gotta like, table. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's pretty much like that. Matter of fact, it's exactly like that. <laughs> So have you received having branched out and um, gone into fusion, fusion, a fusion genre and creating one? Have you received any pushback from the dancehall community and those clicks saying that, what are you doing? This isn't going to work. Or what are you doing? Like, this isn't traditional. All, all, the, all, of, all the time. What story are the things that they try to tell you? Like story of my life. That's the, that's the whole point. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the whole point. They're supposed to feel like that. They're supposed to say that. Yeah. 
I mean, and in the beginning, that's what drove me. I've been hearing that since high school, bro. Like, dog, this not gonna work. Rah, rah, rah. They say mm-hmm. I'm gonna work. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> you get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the point. I mean, there's pushback. There's, there's pushback because there's hesitance. And there's hesitance because there's a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to sell me in dance hall. Yeah. Uh, Which is what they, they had a lot of issues with a lot of iconic artists in different genres, like people that break the mold. Um, most famously, the first one that comes to mind to me was Ray Charles. Ray Charles, you weren't supposed to bring like fuse blues and uh, gospel the way he did. And people exactly. Didn't like it. People, didn't like it. people didn't think it would work. But that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing about visions. No one sees it but you. Mm-hmm. You gotta manifest this shit, and then they see the manifestation. When they see the manifestation, then they're gonna be like, "Oh, this that's is what you're trying to do." Uh-huh. You get me? Yeah. So now they're starting to see it. I'm starting to get like acknowledgement from like <laughs> certain artists that I grew up listening to. You get me? Mm-hmm. Like Javinci, Idonia, uh, Green Tea Peng follows me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walshi Fire, uh, it's just a just a just a bunch of it's 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 time. It's just about time and consistency and like just knowing what you're on. Mm-hmm. The, the, that consistency has yes, sir. Find it surprising that people have so much pushback against the fusion of stuff like grime, hip hop, and dancehall because dancehall and hip hop have a lot of parallels in terms of when they were first started from my research. So correct me if I'm wrong at any point in this, but it seems like Kingston is to dancehall what New York was to hip hop in terms that it started in a public as a public radio people were just playing records outside they started playing instrumentals they invited some people over to talk over the instrumentals and thus the mc was born in both genres am i right in that to a point to a point it's i wouldn't say it started in kingston though okay more in rural areas more in rural areas where like basically it's literally like okay so hip hop that came about everyone's everyone probably knows the cool herc story guy from Montego Bay goes to New York puts some some sound systems outside dude comes out starts freestyling shit like that da 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 hip hop it's kind of the same with dancehall but it wasn't like a sound system setup type vibes. It was more of a, oh, there's a party. Mm. There's a beat on. Grab the mic. Do something. Yeah. You get me? Kind of like the way Grime started. Yeah. It began in the, it began in the rural areas, like what would I call a country? You get me? Just gatherings and people just like enjoying themselves and stuff. You get me? So. All the, all the original major artists in the genre, they were just people in the, how, do, how would you say? Just people in the community that got popular for like grabbing the mic anytime there is one around. 
Mm. You get me? Rapping on the corner, essentially. Yeah, rapping on the corner type vibes. Yeah. What would you say is, how does that turn into, how did we go from that to Grime Hall? What do you credit the most from Dan? So you've already talked about how you take the melodies and counter melodies, and that's the main thing that you use in your, uh, in your instrumentation and your production whenever you're um, rapping. But what do you, what other aspects of dance hall do you try to carry over into this fusion? Because I know it extends like even beyond the music, like even in terms of content. The idea that you try to. The idea, the idea that, the idea that it's more than just guns and sex and liquor and party. Yeah. You get me? The idea that there can be variation the idea that there can be a level of creativity on an international level rather than just staying local. Mm. Get me so that. Yeah. <laughs> much that. You get me? Because like a lot of people, a lot of people right now, you think dance hall or you think Jamaican artist, then you think you think that and you think okay a lot of people you think jamaican artists and your mind goes maybe your mind goes to a daggering session maybe your mind goes, <laughs> maybe your mind goes to a fucking drive by maybe your mind goes to some guy throwing some bitch 3 foot up in the air <laughs> yeah. them crazy like, parties oh super. you get me yeah. shit yeah. like that i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to add wanna, to that so when i add to what people associate with the music you get me Beautiful. so when you think jamaican right. so when you think jamaican you think you start thinking okay creativity there's edge you start you start thinking, oh, there's open-mindedness. Mm -hmm. You start thinking there's, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's, there's wit and purpose behind what's actually said yeah. and things like that. Got you, got exactly. you. I wanted to, how do you end up getting into grime, being in the middle of Jamaica and being originally in dance hall, right? That's where you started, am I, am I correct mm -hmm. in that? So yeah, how do you yeah. end up transitioning into this fusion of grime? How do you hear about it? How do you end up incorporating it into the music? It's a... There's this guy, this Jamaican-born UK rapper. Mm. His name's Cash. I used to... I used to cut his homie's hair. Like, way back, I was a barber, and this guy from Peckham in London and I was this barber whenever he was here he used to always tell me about this rapper named Cash so a couple of years later I ended up meeting him and I was like yo I know your boy rah 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 and yeah started linking because he was he was he was here shooting a couple of videos he was here shooting some videos and shit and he was using my my guy that's um 300k 300k the one that did the visuals for soda and nobody which one so he was doing a video with that guy he was doing a video with that guy and that's how we met 
meeting him, you know, naturally over time you build connections with people. And he started explaining the UK scene to me. I think this was about 2014, 2015. And he introduced me to Skepta. Mm -hmm. I found Skepta's music and then it was down the rabbit hole from there. Yeah. And then I started like, yeah, I started like studying the whole like background of the genre, the whole come up, the sounds, the intricacies, the idea of and like what it's meant for and where it's going, or where it could go, all of that. And in studying it, I saw where I could use certain elements. I saw what elements will complement what I'm trying to do. So that's how that happened. That's super dope. And it's, it's cool. That's you mentioned cool. earlier the way that the synths sound. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the synths come from because originally it comes from Garage and then um, Wiley comes along and kind of fuses it with rave music and he creates exactly. a beat and then it turns into um, it turns into he starts all incorporating island rhythms and stuff like that with the uh, with the rave music and then it turns into what we now know as grime. Escabeat was just a good okay. word for it. So I'm right in that, correct? Yeah, definitely. You See, work so in the, that Google, bro. Yeah, man. I do my research, <laughs> man. I try to I try to stay educated on everything, man. So Straight like that. I think it's very important that in order to put out quality content or even um like I couldn't talk to you out of respect for you, I couldn't talk to you without doing my research. There's no way I couldn't delve into your culture yeah. and understand it unless um without looking without, without to you, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I fuck with that. I fuck with that. I respect that. Much appreciated. We've already briefly touched on the uh, like how um, people think of dancehall when it comes to uh, Jamaica and outside of it. How do you feel about people like Drake kind of picking it up and using it casually? Do you feel like it's disrespectful to pick it up for an album and then leave it alone and kind of half-ass do it? Or or mm. that's me leaking my bias and my bad. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. Grime Hall artists from Jamaica. I speak Patua, English, and Creole. If I were to do an album, if I were to do a reggaeton album yeah. in Spanish for one album, and then just back to regular programming. What would you say about that? So I like the fact that you noticed that I was Puerto Rican. You did some research too. But um, <laughs> I would say that it's like, it's whatever to get your money. But personally, I feel it's disrespectful to the culture. Hmm. 